Imagine a world where innovation knows no bounds. At BAE Systems Fast Labs, we're pioneering advanced technology and defense research, shaping the future of safety and security. Explore our website to uncover a realm of cutting-edge projects, collaborations, and visionary thinkers. Whether you're a tech enthusiast, a defender of freedom, or just curious, Fast Labs is where groundbreaking solutions are born. Join us and be part of the future today. Visit www.baesystems.com slash fastlabs. Welcome to From the Crow's Nest, a podcast on electromagnetic spectrum operations, or EMSO. I'm your host, Ken Miller, Director of Advocacy and Outreach for the Association of Old Crows. Thanks for listening. This week, I am in Warner Robins, Georgia for the 46th Annual Dixie Crow Symposium and the 2022 Robins Air Force Base Requirement Symposium. And we're going to bring you some of the content and guests from this week in future episodes, both from the Crow's Nest and our History of Crows podcast. If you've never had a chance to attend this event, it's definitely worth marking your calendars. It's a great opportunity to meet leaders across the military services and industry in EW. Great networking opportunity. It's always a pleasure to attend this event each year. But for this episode of From the Crow's Nest, while we're here at Dixie Crow, I wanted to take you back to the 58th annual AOC Symposium Convention in D.C. that took place in November, December last year. Uh, During the show, I had an opportunity to meet with a group of young engineers in attendance from NAS Pax River in Maryland, which is the home of NAVAIR. Our local chapter down there, the Pax River Roost, spends a lot of time cultivating and mentoring young early career engineers that come through NAVAIR to help them succeed and leverage their talents. So part of this meeting, I sat down with three of them to talk about their unique journeys and what advice they have for other young professionals looking at the field of engineering. Let's listen in. So I think the easiest way to do this is just let me have you introduce yourself and tell a little bit about what you do at PAX River. My name is Kaylee Arceo. I've been at PAX since 2019. I'm an electrical engineer. Right now I'm currently supporting VX23 uh, with test and evaluation of NGJ uh, midband. Hey, my name's Kyle Robinson here. I've been working at Pax River for since 2017 as an intern. I just started working full-time this past, around, I would say, May timeframe as an electrical engineer, working on RF communication systems and microwave antennas. Uh, hello, my name is Troy Robinson. Um, uh, I also was an intern that just recently graduated from UMD as an EE, and I'm working on mainly uh, GPS systems and packages. We just had a meeting with your larger group, and I, th- I think there's probably about 20, 25 people uh, as part of your group, and it's, it's, it's a great opportunity. I really appreciate you coming up. And, you know, you, you all work in different departments on different programs, and you've all taken very different paths to where you're at today. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the path that you took. Um, I know one of you just graduated, and then another one's been, uh, you've been in this military service. So I was wondering if we could go, go back around, just tell a little bit about the path that you took that brought you here today. Sure. So right out of high school, I uh, joined the Coast Guard Reserve. So um, after doing that for about a year, I started working for uh, a company, um, new, new Shipbuilding, and I got into their apprentice school. So pretty much I did their apprentice program. I was an electrician for a couple of years, and then I transitioned to a technician, and then eventually um, as an engineer. And they have a pretty solid program that pretty much pays for schooling and all that good stuff. So that, that was kind of my path. And then about a year after I graduated and I started my commitment with that company, I decided that I wanted to work for the government. And I had an opportunity here at, at Pax River, Naval Registration Pax River, and here I am now. Hey, so my name's Kyle again. 
you know, my path is pretty similar to my friend Troy's here. We both went to the same elementary school, middle school, and high school. And in our high school, they had a program called Project Lead the Way, which was focused on civil engineering. And that really got us, uh, or got me interested into engineering itself. So then after high school, I graduated to, went to the local community college called the College of Southern Maryland. They already had an electrical engineering program, had a partnership with NAVAIR and University of Maryland itself. So basically the deal was you get your associates from CSM, then you transfer to UMD, and then after you graduate, you work for NAVAIR for two years because they paid for your bachelor's degree once you tra transferred. So it's a really good deal. That's really how I got started and really interested in it, to it myself. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to repeat a lot of what he <laughs> said, but... Uh, what, but specifically, so you, you went through the same kind of path in, in high school. What what specifically attracted your interest in, in into engineering? I mean, it, I'm terrible at math, absolutely terrible. Um, so I'm, I'm always uh, astounded by... Uh, the ideas that come around w with engineering and, and the, the, the attraction that certain people have. So what, what got your attention? Like, this is, this is where I want to focus my career on at that, at that age. Right. I mean, I don't want to, I mean, I basically was only good at math at one time. <laughs> <laughs> so and that and Legos. And I was like, well, what can I do with Legos and math? And I initially wanted to be a civil engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a family member that is uh, retired from the FAA as a civil engineer. And uh, I was doing Project Lead the Way in high school, and I was really interested. But then, I mean, I had free education, <laughs> I couldn't turn that down. Yeah, you no, know? No. So I got directed towards electrical engineering, and then I just, I just kept going. And, so. and it's great with STEM, all the, the, the opportunities that are out there. I have not heard of Project Lead the Way. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, it's a program, I believe, I don't know if it's only in Charles County, Maryland. I believe other counties also have the program along with St. Mary's County and Calvert County. It's just basically an initiative created by, I believe, the local government to get more students interested in into STEM careers. And basically, that started throughout, you carries out through your freshman year all the way to your senior year, just really get you involved in digital electronics. Our school focused on civil engineering, so we had a lot of architecture focus, some uh, programming. So that really got uh, you interested into the details. And like once you did that, it really showed you or opened up doors like, hey, man, I can get involved with engineering. It's really creative. I can basically create whatever I want as long as you can think of it and have the resources to do it. And how about you? What piqued your interest on in engineering that you wanted to? Because you, you took many different paths into the military and, they, and you... Uh, you had to find your way in each of those areas. So like, could you talk a little bit about what piqued your interest? Sure, I guess kind of similar to these gentlemen over here. I, I was good at math and science. Um, so I knew, I didn't know what I wanted to do right after high school, but I didn't know that, I did know I didn't have money to pay for it. So that's kind of why I, I took the path that I did. But um, I, I guess kind of for me, I kind of just got funneled in there because I was an electrician and then I became a technician. Uh, and then I was like, well, the next step would just be you know, just go ahead and be become an engineer, an electrical engineer. So that's kind of how I kind of got funneled in there. And when I went to the apprentice school, they kind of had similar, or they had like kind of two degree tracks that you could get, a mechanical engineering or an electrical engineering degree. So I was kind of, you know, it was kind of free school. I just had to work for that company for a couple, a year service agreement. So, you know, it was kind of just naturally funneled in that way, so. All right, so, so now you're all at Pax River, you all kind of do different, uh, you focus on different areas. And I wanted to ask you where you're at today, what do you need to succeed in today's competitive environment professionally? Because I, obviously, I think before today, probably your exposure to AOC is relatively minimal. So you're here now, what can we do to help you professionally moving forward? Yeah, so I guess it might be a little obvious that 
no matter how smart you are or how educated you are, I think the whole main thing that we can get the most out of this is networking. Because when you, no matter what field you are in, if you can find someone that's smarter than you, someone who knows more information or different systems or different jobs, you know, for transitioning or rotations, I think networking is probably the most important part of it. Yeah, I would really say uh, mentorship and basically uh, you don't know what you don't know. So anybody that can help you figure out what you really want to do, that's really the key to what I'm looking for, or I guess what people are looking for. The job is great, you know, really want to learn how to do that specifically, get well at that before moving on to somewhere else because you got to learn one thing before you do something else. So really just mentorship, good leadership. That's really what we're, we're looking for, at least me personally. Yeah, I kind of have the same, I guess, opinion too, because where I used to work at, I worked there for maybe nine, nine years. And that was kind of one of the things that I personally was lacking is not having like a mentor or a, or even like a supervisor kind of just like pushing you along. It's like, hey, you know, there, there's this opportunity here that I think you'd be a great fit. I think some people kind of just get in their ways and kind of just stay in their lane and not really look at, you know, you know, at some point, I will be retiring and I need to train my, my young workforce. So either, you know, having, having a mentor or having someone to be like, oh, I have this opportunity, I think you'd be a great fit, has helped me here. And I know um, my, my boss, Philip, he does a great job at kind of, hey, you know, there's, there's an opportunity here. And at least from my perspective, you know, there's a lot of opportunity at, at PAX. So just, again, having that network and knowing the right people. Hello, everyone. I want to take a few minutes to thank BAE Systems Fast Labs for their support for our From the Crow's Nest podcast. To help me with that, I am pleased to be here with Sean Sanzelay, Chief Scientist at BAE Systems Fast Labs in Merrimack, New Hampshire. Sean, it's great to be here with you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, Ken. So to begin, BAE Systems is well known to our audience as a leader in EW, but Fast Labs might be a bit new. Uh, can you tell us how your part of the organization Fast Labs fits into BA Systems? Yeah, sure. But before I get into that, yeah, BA Systems, like you said, has been a long, long-time leader in EW. In fact, we have a, more than 60 years of experience and our electronic warfare systems have flown on over 120 platforms and operate on 80% of the U.S. military's fixed-wing aircraft, over 95% of the U.S. Army's rotary-wing aircraft, and many platforms fielded by our U.S. allies. BA Systems Fast Labs, which is the research and development arm of the company, is all about pushing the boundaries of what's possible. We're dedicated to innovating disruptive next generation solutions for critical defense and intelligence challenges with a particular focus on advanced AI, electronic warfare, and cyber technologies. More specifically, the part of Fast Labs that I work for focuses on advanced electronics that will enable next generation solutions. In our work with leading DoD customers like DARPA and AFRL, we focus on developing technologies that will advance future solutions, from overcoming today's challenges to developing technologies never before thought to be possible. We often talk on this show about pushing boundaries in terms of keeping up with technology advancements. What technologies have been created out of Fast Labs and what problems are you solving on a daily basis for the warfighter? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, our FastLabs EW R&D team is on a, a mission to ensure that our defense customers have top-notch electronic protection, really kind of focusing on making sure that they have superior situational awareness on the battlefield. 
For example, we've developed technologies that offer the longest sensor range in the industry, lightning fast threat detection, anti-jamming measures, and, and lots more. These are essential because today's adversaries are using increasingly agile and unfamiliar signals to counter EW systems and target platforms more effectively. Our critical EW technologies empower our warfighter systems to swiftly detect, identify, and jam both known and unknown threats. We achieve this using adaptive signal processing, machine learning, and intelligent algorithms. Additionally, we've advanced distributed EW systems which boost battle space awareness and coordinate across multiple EW sensors, platforms, and attack capabilities. These systems handle sensor tasking, data links, sensor fusion, and coordinated jamming, making them really invaluable for the warfighter and, and for our customers and for the DoD as a whole. That's a tremendous portfolio to keep track of. What can you tell us about what Fast Labs is working on now? Sure, yeah. Yeah, as you might expect, uh, there's, we're working a lot of cool things and we've got a lot of things on the horizon and I also can't talk about most of them here. But if you just take a look at a couple of like the recent awards that we've announced publicly, you'll see some of the interesting things and impactful projects that we're working on. For example, in December, the U.S. Department of Commerce announced approximately $35 million in initial funding for BA systems to modernize our microelectronics center in Nashua, New Hampshire. This was the first funding announcement as part of the Chips and Science Act, which is designed to strengthen American manufacturing, supply chains, and national security. The funding, along with internal investments, will help purchase new, more efficient manufacturing tools to mitigate supply chain risk, increase production capacity, and reduce our time to build products. Increased efficiency will enable a scale-up in production to meet the increasing demand for the DoD. And just before that, in November, we announced a $5 million award from the Office of Naval Research for the COALESCE program. COALESCE, in case you're not familiar, long acronym, but it stands for Common Architecture Amplifier for Low-Cost, Efficient, Swap-Constrained Environments. In this effort, we are advancing our gallium nitride integrated circuit solutions as well as our low-swap module electronics. The program's objective is to develop the world's highest efficiency high-power amplifier module in its frequency band. The RF modules will then transition to small form factor U.S. Navy payloads, enabling longer range and greater effectiveness in active electronic warfare applications. So then what is next for Fast Labs and BE Systems Technology Development? And if our listeners are interested in learning more, how can they reach out to you? Well, without getting into too many specifics, like I said, only so much I can say here, but it's safe to say that we're going to continue to work with our partners and teammates in industry within academic research and, of course, with our customers to uh, assure that we're continuing to innovate for the benefit of the warfighter. If you're interested in finding out more, I encourage your listeners to take a look at basystems.com, a wealth of information on what BA Systems as a whole is kind of working on. Well, thank you, Sean, for taking time to join me. This has been fascinating to learn a little bit more about Fast Labs, and I truly do appreciate it. And now it's time to get back to our show. We just came from a meeting where we talked a little bit about some of the mentorship programs that we're, we're, we're instituting here at, at the uh, AOC. And one of a key component of that is, of course, still you know we engaging the very young crow uh, in, in high school. Now that you've arrived at your current position and you've gone through a lot of your education and obviously you have a lot more education to go through uh, throughout your career, um, what can you tell the, the high school student who is not really sure where they want to go professionally? Uh, what can you tell them about the engineering career as where you sit today that would encourage them to get into this field and kind of pursue their dreams and their, and their abilities uh, to the fullest? 
uh, <laughs> I know my Kyle and me used to joke about this a lot. Uh, Khan Academy. I can't stress that enough. That's probably why I'm sitting here today. <laughs> you can really, it's hard to say you want to be something in layman's terms because you don't know what it really entails. I can tell you I have a project, I have a job at Target and you're like, oh, okay, what am I going to do? And you say supply. And well, what does that entail? You don't know until you get there. And then you realize you're lifting boxes or carrying, you could be driving a truck, you can do forklift. You don't really know until you start diving in. And I think a lot of programs like Khan Academy or even Chegg or anything where you can look at the work that you'll be doing before you get into the actual field, uh, I think that helps a lot. And that comes with mentors as well, where you can just, you want to know what you're getting into because if you don't like it, you know, you're not going to like it and you don't want to spend the rest of your life doing that. So, Yeah, I would say if you're in high school, you know, keep your options broad. You don't have to decide on what you want to do. I know for sure I didn't know what I wanted to do. I first started off, I wanted to do computer science. I got involved and volunteered to that at the University of Maryland. They had a little summer program. I learned I couldn't code, so I decided that wasn't the route for me. Then I tried out architecture, learned out it wasn't really what I wanted to do personally. I was, wasn't a fan of drawing as I thought it was. Then I got involved with electrical engineering and RF communications, and I realized, hey, I really like this stuff. But even with electrical engineering, it's so broad. I still say keep, I'm keeping my options open. Like I am involved with RF and electronic warfare right now, but you know, later on I might want to do power systems or something else along that line. So just keep your options open. Look out for different you know, types of summer programs that you can get involved in and really test out your waters before you go uh, head first into something that you want to do. I think the only thing I would add is I think a lot of high schoolers or kids in general have a lot of pressure on them to kind of have their life figured out before they even go to college. Or I know when I graduated high school, my guidance counselor was pretty adamant. Was like, what college are you going to? I was like, well, I'm not going to college. I'm joining the military. But I think just like what Kyle was saying, keep your options, uh, keep your um, options open. And I think having programs were kind of like that partnership that PAX has with the high schools, like just trying to get people who are in those fields involved and so you can see what an engineer does on a daily basis I think is very important. And last question, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the importance of networking and and mentorship and sometimes the challenges of very what we might call seasoned engineers who have been in the profession for 20, 30, 40 years, uh, they maybe tend to stay in their lanes. And one of the key things about our mentor mentorship program that we're trying to launch is we have this huge, this growing pool of people looking for mentorship, we need to attract mentors. We need to attract people who are willing to help out and 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 mentor some of these young engineers out of college, starting their careers and, and, and earlier. Uh, what would you tell the that 50-year-old-plus seasoned engineer that you bring to the table professionally for that next step in your career when, when you're the, the, the future of this profession right here. So what do you bring to the table that we need to, we need, we need to address today? We need, we need, we need to adapt to. Yeah, I'd probably say we bring a lot of new perspectives, uh, new change. Uh, even when I'm working today, it's, things are the, the way they are. I heard you, you can't do certain things a different way because that's just the way it's always been done. But you know, they're starting to loosen up those terms and not sticking to that anymore. They're starting to allow, you know, a little more innovation, a little more different perspectives to see how they can improve on different functions that go on inside the office on a day-to-day basis. So we just bring a lot of, a lot of again, new perspectives there and that will, I think will help future workforce. I guess just to kind of echo that, I think 
when we've done something for a long time, we kind of get, we kind of put our blinders on and we don't know any other way to do it. And that's just the way that is always done. And I think allowing young people to kind of challenge that process and, or, and to think outside the box and to bring those new fresh ideas, I think will be key for us to stay relevant in the, in the battle space, so. I mean, yeah. You, just, you get the last yeah. word here, you know. <laughs> Every, everything hinges on what you uh, say right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sort of like what they're saying is that there's a lot of times that I've been told to do something a certain way and I'll recommend you know, a different suggestion. And I'll sometimes even back it up with research. And sometimes they just, I don't want to say shun you, but they turn like almost like a blind eye and they'll be like, no, um, it wasn't like that before. And it's not going to be like that today. So it's, it's sometimes, I guess, you could say like a progressive outlook where, like you said, the shutters that, you know, take like, like the blindfolds off and let, I guess sometimes let them roam free and then you approve it with research. So there's no risk when you have documentation. And, and that's one of the things we, we've been talking about a lot this week is the, the assumptions and the way we've been doing business. They it might make us comfortable today, but it's not going to be, it's not going to help us have an advantage globally from a military perspective or commercial perspective if we don't open up those those shutters and, and kind of accept new ideas and think about things differently. So, well, that, that's all the time that we have uh, for today. I really want to thank you for, for coming by the, the crow's nest here at uh, AOC 2021. Really appreciate your time. Um, and I know you have a, a full schedule ahead of you. But as the advocacy and outreach director for, for the old crows, I, I do look forward to uh, visiting Pax River regularly. Uh, once now that COVID is starting to lift, we can start to do some more site visits. And, and uh, I'm always looking forward to coming down and engaging program managers and the researchers and engineers down there and, and, and really kind of building that relationship. So I want to thank you for your time. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That will conclude this episode of From the Crow's Nest. I want to draw your attention to an upcoming episode of our sister podcast, The History of Crows, celebrating the contributions of women in electronic warfare as part of Women's History Month. Finally, we want to hear your thoughts. Please take a few minutes to complete our survey because we need this information to continue to grow our podcast and bring you the content that you, our listeners, want to hear. You can find the survey on our website at crows.org slash podcasts and in the show notes. Thank you for listening. FastLabs, powered by BAE Systems, is at the forefront of advanced technology and defense research and development. We're pushing boundaries, breaking barriers, and innovating for a safer world. Check us out at www.baesystems.com/fastlabs.